Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you on this bright, sunny day. It's coming. Summer is coming. And then we'll say, man, it's hot. Anyway, it's great to have you guys here. This morning, we are going to continue our series on close to home. And let's pause and pray before we move forward. God, it is a desire within our hearts, to be close to you. And Lord, for the things that are important to you to be important to us. And Lord, I know that there are things that need to change within me for that to take place. And so I pray that we are open to that change, that we would allow your work to begin in our lives, Lord, or maybe even to continue that we would continue walking, Father, in your truth and with you. Again, we are grateful for everyone here. I do lift Lloyd up to you, Lord, that you would bless him this week, Lord, as these requests come in. We trust that you are helping us to get close together and to care for one another, even through the prayer. And so we do lift him up to you, his family, and thank you, Lord, for this family we have here at Genesis. May you continue to strengthen us, Lord, as we walk with you. We do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to be talking about sandwiches, chili fries, fish, and no, it's a food theme, and my anniversary. Uh, but we're going to be... <laughs> we're going to be in Third John, so if you can open up the scriptures or your app to Third John... We're going to read verses 1 through 8. John is writing and he says, The elder, that's John, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together 
for the truth. I love the personal warmth and nuance of this verse as it starts off really in a direct way from John to Gaius. And the the name Gaius means happy. It means to be joyful. And, And as we see from his actions, here's a person who is overflowing from what is in him and in his life. Now, last week, as we were talking about close to home, we talked about how God wants us to be successful. We looked at Ecclesiastes where Solomon says if the axe is dull and the edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. And that we need to not just work smarter, we need to work smarter, harder. And that God wants us to be successful, but not just in our vocation, not just where we work, but in our lives. Sometimes we spend so much effort and and energy at work and so little at home. And we need to sharpen the edges in all these areas so that we can live in that skill or that wisdom, which is the same word there. And the importance of that is so great in our lives and in our families. And today I want to talk to you and help us to understand that God does not only want us to succeed, but he wants us to be healthy. But health is so much more than just physical, right? There is emotional health. There is spiritual health. Do you realize how much money is spent in our health care system because of obesity and depression? I had read in one article, and I have no way of verifying if this is true, I had read that it was up to 80% of health care costs go to dealing with depression and to dealing with obesity, with bo- which both are emotional needs. Now, of course, there are a lot of nuances in that. Depression can be something that is a mental illness, a struggle with the brain and the chemicals that are in the brain, but it also can be something that we bring upon ourselves with our conduct and the things that we do that lead to depression. And again, the obesity could be a way that we try to deal with the circumstances in our life to to bring a sense of control in a life that we feel is out of control. But do you realize how we could totally change the healthcare system if we dealt with emotional health and the things that are taking place within us? If we could move to that place of emotional health, we could eradicate the healthcare system in a huge way. And you would think, you know, that the main problems in our healthcare system would be, you know, the cancer, leukemia, uh, AIDS, other virus that we get from, you know, mosquitoes someplace. And those are, of course, very big things that have affected us all. But so much of what affects us in our health are things that we actually bring upon ourselves in so many ways. And so what we need to see is that there is a relationship between our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, and our spiritual health, that these are all connected. On my first trip to Mexico years ago, Corrine and I were going to go down to this trip, and one of our boys got sick, 
So Corrine could not go. She stayed home with, I believe it was Jordan at that time. And I ended up taking Samuel and Daniel instead. Daniel was probably five and Samuel may have been seven, somewhere around that age. And so we were going to go down to Mexico and we were going to go to a, a remote farming village where one of the colonias were. And it was very remote. It was off in the distance and we went there. And I don't remember all that we did. I think we took some supplies to them that we handed out to the people there. And on our way back, as we were driving back, what Corrine had done is she had made sandwich, right? This is so her. She, she can't go, but she makes food for everyone. And so I had an ice chest full of these sandwiches and drinks. And as we were heading back from the Colonial, we, we stopped by this one tree. And on the way back, or after we were there at the Colonial, they asked if we could take one of these ladies back into town. And she had to be probably in her 80s, or at least that's the presence I got from her, right? And we said, no, she can walk. No, we said, of course, she can come with us. And, and so she came in our car, and someone spoke English and struck up a conversation, or Spanish, and struck up a conversation. I spoke English, and couldn't do anything. Uh, but we stopped halfway there. There was a tree and some shade and we pulled the cars over and we brought out the ice chest and we handed out these sandwiches to everyone. And she makes these bomb sandwiches. She's got these little rolls, you know, everyone got their own little sandwich and it had the meat and it had the cheese and it had the lettuce, tomatoes and some dressing. They were great. She makes great sandwiches. And as we handed one of these sandwiches out to this lady, she looked at it puzzled. She looked at it and she's like, ¿Qué? This is my Spanish here, right? And she opened it up, right? She opened it up and she goes, oh, and she was amazed. She goes, a carne, a queso. It's got the legumbres, however you say vegetables, right? It's got a pan. Those are all the words I know, right? It had it all in there. And she was amazed. She had never had a sandwich before. And to her, this was miraculous. This was something divine. All this was in one package, this sandwich. And she would not stop. Just She saved some of it because she had to take it and show her family. We actually gave her more. It's like, you don't have to save it. Eat it. Here's another one. Really, they're not that rare. Uh, and it was amazing that she saw all these things could be put together. This was genius put into your hands that you could eat. And you see, we tend to, to divide our lives. We have our physical life and we have our emotional life and then we have our spiritual life, but we can't dissect ourselves that way. We don't separate how this works and interacts with each other. You know how your physical life can affect your emotional life, right? You worry, you can get an ulcer, right? You stress, you can get high blood pressure. You have four kids, you can get gray hair, right? They all work together, right? All these things have an effect on our lives. The things that we are physically involved with affect us emotionally as well. And God created you physically, not to live beneath your spiritual intention, but actually to live out your spiritual intention. You see, God never planned for you not to have a body. His whole plan was that we would have a body, and through this body, we would live out 
the spiritual intention that he has for all of us. Your body is not your enemy, though sometimes you may be like me and be your body's enemy. But we're really here as God has created us. And sometimes these symptoms affect us. They're telling us something. Sometimes we don't listen to what our bodies are telling us because they're telling us something's wrong. Sometimes I even talk as if my body is different than me, right? My wife will ask me, how are you doing? Okay, except my knee's a little sore. Like my knee is different than me, right? It's still me. It's my knee. So instead of saying, well, my knee's bothering me, I say, I'm fine, but my knee, you know, it's giving me problems these days. Can you talk to my knee and put it, you know, in line with the rest of me? We, we don't understand that we can't separate these things. And when we do that, what we're doing is failing to recognize the importance of all these things working together. Our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. And, and sometimes we even act different in places, right? We'll, we'll go to church and we act one way. And then if you go to a restaurant or you go to a bar, you act a different way. And, and we start to think, okay, well, this is a sacred space and, and this is a secular space. But the interesting thing is that the church building and the bar are really probably made out of the same material. The sacred thing is you and you're going into the different places. In fact, the most sacred place that you can go to, you take with you everywhere you go. Jesus said that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Actually, Paul said that, but Jesus alluded to that that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we shouldn't think of this as being something strange. It should be embraced as this is a spiritual being as well as a physical being and not try to undermine that as if, you know, this body really, I just have to deal with it until I get rid of it and then I can be spiritual. That was never God's intention. His intention was for the spiritual life to flow through this physical life. And if we don't see that happening, a lot of times we will begin to live in an unhealthy way because God wants us to be healthy. I know, you know, it's not something that we like to hear sometimes, but it's true. He wants us to be physically healthy. And for some of you, that isn't a problem. For some of you, you're all about the physical health. You like to run, right? You like eating food with no flavor. You, you, like, you like those things that, you know, are good for you, and you smile when you're doing that, you know? And for me, that's difficult because food is a religious experience for me, right? This is something that's like, you have pasta, homemade? And something happens to me, right? And so we know we're supposed to live healthy, but sometimes we struggle with that. Corrine and I have this go-to comfort food. It's the chili cheese fries at the hat. And so whenever we are going through a difficult time, which is pretty much every day, a lot of times we'll just say, 
you want to get some chili cheese fries? And it's our way of just saying, yes, I don't care about anything else right now. We are going to satisfy this and we are going to eat chili fries. And okay, the funny thing is, as I was thinking about this last night, I'm thinking about how chili cheese fries are Korean in my comfort food. I get a text from our own Alex back there. At about 12.30, he says, hey, bro, let's go get some chili cheese fries at the hat. And I'm serious, right? And if I wasn't thinking about how bad this comfort food is me, I probably would have said, okay. And I probably would have went with him. But I said, get thee behind me, right? It was like, no, I, I can't give in to these chili cheese fries at 12.30 at night. I just, it's not good for me. And what is it about me and about us that hates the pain of getting better, right? That hates the working out, that hates the moderation in the foods that I eat, that hates eating just the healthy things and not eating that sleeve of Oreo cookies. What is it about me that has a difficult time dealing with those things? Why is it so hard? And if it's so difficult dealing with living healthy in a physical way, do you think it's going to be any different having a healthy soul? Do you think it's going to be less work? Do you think it's not going to be something that you have to put effort into? Do you think it's as easy to let your soul go as it is your body? Maybe even more so. If it takes work and discipline to keep our bodies healthy, how could we possibly think that our souls could be healthy without putting in the work? See, John says, I pray that you may enjoy good health. God wants us to be healthy and that all may go well with you. That all would go well, that even as your soul is doing well, God wants all of us to do well. It's his desire, not just physically. There are some people who are physically fit, but they're not healthy. They are living in depression. And some people get so fixated on being physically fit because they think that if I can just get this right, I will be good. And they get physically fit, but they are still struggling. They are still in the same desperation that they were before they were physically fit. And then they're taking medication or they're doing other things to try and help the way that they're feeling. And some people spend so much time getting their bodies ready, but they don't spend any time doing the same for their souls. And they wonder why they feel so lost, so disconnected, so depressed. Their bodies are living on low-carb, lean protein, but their souls are still living on junk food. And it shows up in our lives. It shows up in our emotions. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our life. And we want the quick fix, right? We see the infomercials all the time. If you just take this pill, you're going to get the abs, you're going to lose the fat. You're, you're going to be able to eat what you want. You're going to be able, or just get this little machine and you do these little things, right? And I do this and I'm going to have a body like that person on the TV, which never happens. Don't ask me how I know, but it never happens. It's not that easy. 
And if your soul is unhealthy, eventually your body will be unhealthy. If your soul is unhealthy, eventually your relationships will be unhealthy. If your soul is unhealthy, your emotions will be unhealthy. It will spread throughout every area of your life. You are a soul that expresses spirituality through your body. How well is your soul doing? How healthy are you? How are things going in that area of your life? Because you can look like you've got it all together on the outside. And sometimes we as people of faith can put on a presentation as if, hey, everything's going good, everything's going good. But inside, that's not true. It's not the case. There's brokenness. And it will come out one way or another eventually. It always does. I can't tell you how many times I have talked with people, people who've been a part of our faith community, people who've been, people who I've looked up to, who come to me and they say, hey, this is going on. And it it startles me because I thought everything was well. I I thought you were doing good. You look so good. And then we find out something wasn't right all along. In verse 3, he says, It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Again, what a beautiful and endearing statement to Gaius. And there is a reason that he begins with health and then he moves to truth. It's because in the same way that your body is an extension of your soul or that your intellect is an extension of your soul or that your emotions are an extension of your soul or that your relationships are an extension of your soul, in the same way your soul is designed to live in truth. Now, when we talk about truth, we have to to bring some clarification because truth is something that we start to think is, well, it it really depends on what's your truth. What's true for you might not be true for me. And we can disagree about doctrines and we can disagree about facts and we can disagree about the the news and, and which, you know media you're listening to. We can disagree about all these different things and and debate those things, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about information. He's not talking about doctrine. You can't walk in information, right? You don't walk in beliefs or ideas or doctrines. One of the problems, I think, a lot for people of faith is that we keep putting truth in the area of ideas, in the areas of how we think, and not in the area of how we walk and how we live and how it affects and changes us. And we've talked about this before. I know people who believe a lot of things, but it doesn't show up in their lives. And this is a truth that has an effect on your life, a truth that when you walk in it, it actually changes you and who you are. You can be an atheist or a theist and both of you can be living lies that shape your life. In fact, I know people who are atheists who live more of a truthful life than people who are calling themselves Christian who are living a life that is a lie. And it's interesting, right? Because here's a person who... who 
has faith and has a belief system that might be in line with what I, I think and I agree with, but the way he's living is not representative to what he says he's believing. And here's a person whose lifestyle is different than what I would believe, but they're actually walking in a way that is more consistent with what is true. And it can be puzzling sometimes when you find these things happening. See, you may disagree about Jesus, and you may disagree with me about the Bible and all sorts of things, But you know if you're a person who can be trusted by their word. You know if you're a person who's trustworthy or not. A person who lives a life that is true or one who lives a life that is deceitful. And and this is what John is talking about. When we're walking in the truth, we're walking in a way that what you see is what you get. That how I am conducting myself is what's really going on inside of me. Because that's where it's showing up. What's showing up in you is now coming out of you. And just as your body gets healthier when you eat better, your soul gets better when you live in better relationship with yourself and those around you. Have you ever felt like someone is getting away with a lie and they need to get called on it? Right? And it bothers you, or it bothers me, right? It's like, oh man, I can't believe they're getting away with that. No one ever gets away with it. When you are living a lie, it is corroding your soul, it, it, it is splitting who you are supposed to be. It is causing damage to the core of your being because you're not living truthfully. And it starts to eat at your soul and it shows up somewhere in your life. And so we might think they're getting away with it, but they're not. Eventually, it'll show. And there are ways that you can know these things have an effect on you. We found out years ago that Corrine, my wife, she's in a lot of these stories here, she's allergic to fish. She didn't used to be allergic to fish. But one day we were eating something and she started, her tongue started feeling numb and then her lips swole up to look like mine. And I thought she had, you know, cosmetic surgery. You know, some of us have it naturally. Some of us have to get it. What can I say? Good. I'm glad some of you laughed. Um, But all of a sudden, her lips started getting swollen, her her tongue started getting swollen, and we found out that she was allergic to fish. And pretty soon, we had to be careful because even if something was cooked on the same grill that had fish on it, she would have an allergic reaction. I mean, the fish would just look at the steak and she could get a reaction to it, right? It just all of a sudden, it's like transferring over there. And so she started carrying Benadryl with her all the time especially when we go to Mexico, because a lot of times we would eat fish. And they didn't have, you know, here's the grill for the beef, here's the grill. It's like, no, it's all in the same thing. And so she had to be careful of these things. And we're always looking to see, is that how fit? And she never says anything. If we went someplace to a fish restaurant, she would not say, oh, I can't eat there, I'm allergic to fish, because she doesn't do that. She doesn't want to make a fuss. And then I'm 
pouring Benadryl down her, right? And saying, okay, come alive. You know, it's not that bad. But you know what I'm saying? It's like she's allergic to that. But how do we know she was allergic to it? Her body told us. The symptoms of the reaction started showing up in her body. You see, when Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life, we know that we have come into contact with him when we start living in truth, when it starts affecting us and the way we act. And we know when we're living a lie because it starts coming out of us. It it starts showing up in our demeanor, in our conduct, in our thoughts, and again, in our relationships. You find yourself getting more and more distant from someone, and you say, well, what's going on? Well, you're, you're living a lie. Now, it doesn't mean you're telling lies to the person. You're just not telling the truth to yourself. You're not admitting that you're hurting. You're not admitting that there's something wrong. You're not admitting that there is a lack of communication. You're not admitting that things are going on inside of you You're just holding them in and pretty soon it starts to eat at you and starts to develop in the things that show up outside of us. And just like that fish will show up in Corrine's body and she'll get swollen and her tongue will get numb. When we start living a lie, these things start showing up in our lives. 1 John 4, 19, he says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his sister or brother is a liar. It shows up. You don't really love God. Why can you say that? Because look how you treat them. Right? Something's disconnected with what we're saying. And our souls were designed to walk in truth. So it's important that we make sure we do. We walk in that truth. In verse 5, he says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. This is a beautiful expression of what's happening inside of him. See, the healthy you are, the further you are able to love. Even these strangers, even these people who others would not care for, he did. Are there people that annoy you? Don't have to say it here because I don't want anyone to be looking around, right? I know no one here gets annoyed with anyone here. We're all one big happy family. (laughs) Sam, you're not living in the truth. right? There, There are things that bother us about people. Oh, that person bothers me. They, they rub me the wrong way. And our tendency, I, I just thought I'd include you in my tendency, our tendency is to distance ourselves from the people that bother us. Right? I just I had enough of him. I can't take his jokes anymore. I can't, not you, Ben. I was thinking of someone else. <laughs> this thing that they do, it seems that they're always in need, right? And these things start to bother us, but we don't realize that those people who bother us are actually the opportunity for us to grow, right? They're our opportunity to expand the love that takes place in us. But just like exercise is difficult, so is showing love to the people who we don't like as much. Right? Jesus said, if you love those who love you, 
What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. His whole point, you don't have to have any kind of faith in God to love the people who love you. It doesn't show any difference in you. It's only when you actually care for the people who are annoying that it shows up. And who does it change? Well, it changes those people because now they have someone who loves them. But most of all, it changes you. You see, these people are in your life, not just so you can tolerate them. They're there in your life so that you can expand your soul and in love. That you can actually grow in these areas. The reverse is true as well. The more you're loved, the healthier you become. You know, so many of us spend our lives looking for love instead of spending our lives looking for someone to love. We all want to get the love, but we don't realize that to get the love, sometimes what you need to start doing is actually give the love. And it doesn't matter then where you go, you are taking love with you. And it starts to affect those around you. And then it starts to influence you. It starts to change you. If you really want to be changed, you need to take love to others and not just want to receive it. And this is where we start exercising our soul. Yesterday was Corrine and my 34th year anniversary. And thank, thank you. I really expected more of an applause than that, but it's okay. <laughs> yes, it's been rough. Uh, no. 34 years, and, and we have gone through a lot in those 34 years. There was one year, I think I've shared this before, where we were sitting on the couch, the kids were all younger, and we were just exhausted. And we were sitting on the couch, and I think we were watching TV, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, today is our anniversary. And I thought, oh no, I, I've made the mortal sin. I have forgotten our anniversary. And I looked over to her and I said, happy anniversary. And she said, Oh, no. And then I thought, oh, good. She forgot, too. <laughs> so I was off the hook, right? And so last night for our anniversary, what Corrine did is she spent the day putting together a baby shower that we're having for my son and daughter-in-law this afternoon. That's what she did. She spent the whole day getting things ready and, you know, all the little details and all the little things that you do. And I told you guys, don't put me in charge of events, Right. We're having a baby shower? Okay, come on in. We'll go to, you know, Sizzler. I don't know. She's putting it all together. Those of you who like Sizzlers, no slam on Sizzler. She's putting it all together. Me, my computer crashed, and so I'm trying to fix my computer so I can put things together so I could say something today because I thought I should, right? And and so she's doing that. I'm doing that. And then finally someone said, well, are you guys going to get together? And we thought, well, I don't know. Things are so busy. And then we remember there was the fundraiser for the fallen officer Casillas down in Laverne. And so we said, well, let's take some time and let's go out there. And so we did. We went out there to be a support to, again, the family and to those who were there. And if some of you were there at that place. And so that's what we did for our anniversary. And I'm not telling you this because we're so noble and we're so holy and we're so spiritual. You know what? It's good for my soul to be there. We will get time. We said, we'll, we'll find some time probably in June. We'll, we'll get away But right now, let's just do this because this is important and it's good for us. 
And Jessica Saka was there. She was actually putting this fundraiser together, right? Her husband works at the police department where the officer was killed. And so she has four little ones that I remember what it was like to have four little ones. That's a full-time job with overtime. And so she's taking care of her family, she's putting on the fundraiser, and she's going to nursing school. And I asked her, as we were saying goodbye, I go, how's school going? And she had her little flashcard. She goes, going good. I'm studying right now. She's there in this noisy bar and grill studying for her school. See, I see a soul that's growing. I I see a person who is giving and loving and caring and showing up for others. And it doesn't even look like it's affecting her at all. She's just skating by like, yeah, I do this every day. Right? And I'm just like, wow. That's amazing. All I did was come here for dinner. That was my sacrifice see what it does is it makes you bigger see Gaius took love to others and he was known because of it the sad truth is that unless you are able to give love you will probably never be able to fully receive it some people get so guarded with love because they've been hurt and here's the truth if you are going to give love away especially to people who are not always lovely it is going to hurt you they are going to take advantage And it will bother you and it will hurt you. And you know what? That is where we grow. That is how we learn. Not just the cost of love, but that we will count that cost because of how it changes us. That's why it said of Jesus, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Do you think it's going to be any different for you or me? How are we going to grow if our souls don't get exercised, and this is one of the ways that they do. This past week, there was a 21-year-old young lady who took her life by overdosing in medication. I don't know her or all the circumstances. I'm not trying to, to cast any kind of condemnation on her. But so many times I wonder when people think that No one cares. There is always someone who cares. When they think there's nobody who loves me, there are people who are crying now because they did love her. And her family and where she was living was very affluent. But something was wrong. Something showed up in the most terrifying way and is devastating that family. And so many times what I have found when people are struggling and they're going through depression of various kinds, what needs to happen is not to sink back into that depression and to just kind of check out, right? That seclusion is never a good sign. What needs to be done is there has to be an engagement. And when you actually start loving You actually start opening your own heart to receive love. It's when you become vulnerable that you are alive and you start to grow and you're able to have a healthier soul. Those who feel 
nothing oftentimes are the people who are have stopped giving anything. Gaius' soul was well because he loved well. How's your soul? How are you doing? How are the relationships in your life? Because that's a symptom of your soul. What's going on in these areas so that you can be in good health, not just physically, but emotionally, as well as mentally, and it all affects spiritually as well. See, this is the best sandwich. It's all together, and when they're all the right thing, especially you get the right amount of vinegar and oil, oh man, that sandwich just pops. You get the right amount of loving, the right amount of truth, the right amount of caring and giving. It all works together. And our prayer is the same, that you would be healthy just as your soul is healthy. Let's pray. Father, so much of what is happening around me is actually evidence of what is happening in me. And Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see that. Maybe our bodies are telling us that we need more rest telling us that we need to to exercise or to take care of ourselves in some way. Or maybe our countenance is telling us that we need to take care of something within us. Maybe our, our constant state of melancholy or our constant state of anger or agitation is just symptoms of a soul that's hurting. And I pray, God, that we would not ignore the pain that comes through these things, that we would not brush it off and ignore it and not take the difficult task on of addressing it and exercising it and confronting it, that we would allow truth to speak to our own hearts and what is happening so that we can be healthy. Not just for our sake, but because there is a world that is dying. There are people who are taking their lives even though everything is going for them because they don't feel there is hope. Lord, may we have lives like Gaius that show hope, that show care, that show concern, that affect people. And by our love for them, they begin to grow in their love as well. Lord, speak to us in these areas, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.
May you realize that God wants you to succeed and that God wants you to be in good health. Not just physically, but in every way. May you embrace the help that He wants to give so that you can receive all that He has for you. God bless you guys. Have a tremendous week. We'll see you later. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.